Hey guys, Robert Mays here. On today's Ringer NFL show, we are chatting all things NFL free agency after the flurry of moves that have gone down today. As always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where there are a ton of great shows for you. It's March Madness Week, and One Shining Podcast has you covered. Before you fill out your bracket, hear Tate Frazier and Mark Titus chat all things NCAA tournament. And please go to the ringer.com to check out all of our college basketball coverage. It's one of the best sports weeks of the year, and the Ringer has you from every single angle. All right, with that, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, happy Allen Robinson Day, buddy. I don't know if that's how we're going to remember it going forward. It's how I'm going to remember it. Tell me, tell me how you're processing this. It was just a fun way thing to wake up to. Yeah. You know, it came down at about 1.45 a.m. I was asleep. And it's something I thought about, you know, as free agency was getting going. He's a guy I've loved forever. You know, I think that I've long been of the opinion that he's one of the best receivers in the league, you know, in the top seven or eight, just in terms of talent. And we never really saw exactly how good he could be in Jacksonville, even with the production. He's 24 years old. ACLs are not some sort of debilitating long-term injury. The fact that they gave him a long-term contract is awesome to me. I love the fact that he's the guy they landed. I think he's a fantastic player, and and I've thought that for years before he was on my team. This is really fun and exciting. I mean, he's my favorite Bears free agent signing since Peppers easily, and maybe like one of the top two or three of the last couple decades. Now, I think he's a real player. Let me stop you right there because it's a double whammy for you because not only does Allen Robinson go to your Chicago Bears, but the Jaguars then use that money to sign your favorite position. They use it on a guard. I know. I know. Wow. We're going to talk about that. What I, a, kind of a carousel. It, it's been great. Kind of a shocker. You know, we hear all this stuff. You know, Norwell was a guarantee. He was the going, gi- going to the, the Giants. Giants. It was preordained. And then the guy ends up in Jacksonville. We'll chat about that. I think that contract is interesting in terms of the market the fit is worth discussing but we're gonna get into all of that stuff you know free agency kicked off with a bang today i mean there are tons of signings to talk about including the biggest ones kirk cousins goes to minnesota the bears not only spent on Allen robinson but trey burton too the jets had done nothing most of the day now apparently teddy bridgewater is gonna go there we'll chat about that you know sam bradford going to arizona there's a ton of stuff that we have to deal with and we might as well start with that QB carousel, Kevin. Sure. I mean, I think we all kind of understood that Cousins would be the first major domino in some ways, and it felt like the Broncos kind of knew they were out of the Cousins race, so that's why they Apparently went out and got Apparently didn't even really make a run at him. I mean, it, it would be kind of financially imprudent for them to do that. I wrote about this today. I kind of wrote about the how unique this quarterback carousel is and the fact that you know, this is something we've discussed on this show, even especially in the modern CBA era. We've never had anything like this. You know, you're, we're a year removed from Mike Lennon getting $15 million from the Bears. There are a lot of decent quarterbacks available. And it just feels like the Broncos, and again, I wrote this today, giving her cousins $28 million when you're Denver and you don't have that much cap space doesn't seem like a smart choice. The The market for him had fewer teams than you'd think just based on how much it was going to cost to sign him. I'm so, not totally sure why the Vikings made this move contractually. Let's talk about this. So, okay, uh, it makes sense to me. And again, this is something that I, I, mean, I wrote about. I mean, fully guaranteed three years over $30 million. I just, 
that's it just seemed unless it comes out that the Jets or the Browns we're going to be make we're, a similar we're, move. We're making a similar move or more because if you're the Vikings, how much? Is, okay, so Kirk Cousins come out and said, "Shame on me if I let money dictate my life." Okay, and obviously everyone says that you and I say that, but if someone offered us a couple million dollars, we'd be out the door, right? And I think that if you're the Vikings, you have to look at the other options. The Broncos are already out of it. How much would the Browns and Jets have to go over the Vikings for Cousins to choose them? A lot. A lot. So a lot. not only is it you're not, you, you would have to offer, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't know the leverage play from the Vikings here. It, it's just, it's very odd to me that they had to give him that contract. Yeah, I, I I can understand that. I mean, even though we, I think the, some of the discourse about this has been with NFL contracts, for the most part, the first two to three years are usually guaranteed. Maybe this isn't as landmark as we see it. That's still $90 million I know, guaranteed. I, I don't Jimmy know Garoppolo about that. didn't get that. I, I don't know. I, I, people were saying that to me. So there's a couple things I want to talk about with this contract. Number one, it's not necessarily repeatable for the vast, vast majority of the NFL. Correct. It was a very specific case. The Redskins didn't want to offer him sort of market rate um, for, for a good starting quarterback. They franchise tag him twice. He reaches the true free market, and this is what happens, okay? The only guys who are going to be able to say, okay, I want a guaranteed contract are the ones with obvious and apparent leverage. Aaron Rodgers can can ask for that now. Yes. Matt Ryan, I think, can probably ask for at least more guarantees, if not fully guaranteed on a long-term contract. But the rank-and-file NFL player can't do that because they still don't have the leverage that Cousins had, and, and Cousins sort of planned this out. So, so here's what I want to ask you. Why can't Aaron Donald do it? I I think there may be an answer, well, but I think that is the example. So explain okay. to me why okay. when Aaron Donald comes free, he cannot do okay. this. Okay, so... The main reason is that the Rams can keep franchise tagging him. Sure. And Donald would be playing on a series of one-year contracts at a position where the injuries are not only more prevalent, but generally his value could be slightly diminished um, if he has a poor year in a way that a quarterback for some reason cannot. Look at Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford just got a $20 million deal, and Sam Bradford hasn't been good or healthy in, in quite a long time. It's um, also when you're I, in, when you're hurt as a quarterback, it tends to matter a tiny bit less just because that's what explosion, that's athleticism, what I'm all that stuff. Yeah, your, I, so, your value can be is not nearly as diminished when you get hurt as it is at other positions. That's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm compa- I've compared quarterbacks, just quarterbacks, to Manhattan real estate, which is that it just doesn't. Nothing seems to matter. The price is just always going to go up. It doesn't make sense. It's viciously unfair. I hate the way. NFL contracts are given out. I, I hate, you know, just from a human perspective, I hate seeing guys yeah. who starred for one year, didn't get their payout, were on $600,000 a year, and never got a second contract. I hate it. I hate it so much, and it's it's one of the, the things, one of the top, you know, <laughs> one of the top 100 things that bums me out about the sport of football. <laughs> sure. Um, but it, it is something I, I think about a lot. But that's just the reality. Now, Again, I don't think this will be a game changer. I think the one thing I do want to say is that the Teddy Bridgewater knee injury now becomes one of the greatest what-ifs in the history of football. In what sense? It just started a massive chain reaction throughout the entire NFL. Let's just take it from the Vikings perspective. Oh, you mean that way? Yeah, just like the domino effect that came from it. Yeah, I I totally agree. uh, Kevin Seifert tweeted this out earlier. $109 million to Sam Bradford and Kirk Cousins is paid out. 
first and fourth round picks acquired, uh, traded to acquire Bradford. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater is now was now not, obviously not retained by the by the Vikings. Now going to the Jets. Case the, the Broncos get Case Keenum. I mean, so many things shook free because of that knee injury. Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a real crazy ripple effect what happened after in the last two years. I mean, you could argue that the Eagles wouldn't win the Super Bowl yes. if that had happened. I mean, it's amazing just all the things that have kind of come from it. So I think let's go back to the guaranteed part of this just sure. for a second before we move on. And then let's also talk about some of the implications for the Vikings. But you and I were chatting about this a little bit in our Slack earlier today. I think that for most positions, one of the reasons that the quarterbacks, the ones that have the leverage here is that if you were cousin, if you were a player in another position in, in, in cousins, situation, and you said, well, I'm not going to take the long-term deal. Franchise me again. I dare you. Teams aren't just going to, they're just going to let you walk away. Yep. The teams don't worry. There's no sense of, Oh God, we can't lose this guy at really any other position, no matter how good that player is. You know, think about Ndamukong Sue with the Lions. When the price tag got too high, they just let him walk away. And that's just going to happen in most other spots. I don't believe Le'Veon Bell's going to play on the franchise tag again this year. I, I think that the Steelers are going to try to negotiate that down a little bit. Just because it, there's no need to do it. I think the Tremaine Johnson situation in L.A. is an outlier in all of this. With quarterbacks, there's just such a fear of the unknown and losing them that that's how the leverage starts to play into it. And I just don't think that arises at any other spot. And that's why I agree with you. I think the quarterback is where this is specifically going to happen. You know, we joked the other day about Rodgers. It's like, what can Rodgers ask for? You can ask for whatever the fuck he wants. But I mean, it, like, it, it's anything. Seriously. Like, I joked today, like, ask for the deeds on Lambeau Field and a private yeah. plane. Not like the use of a private plane. Like, this is your plane, sir. Here are the keys. That's not out of the question. He can literally ask for anything because of that position. And that position is unique. Quarterback is treated so differently than every other position. You and I and the people who follow this league closely, probably most people listening to this pod, see quarterback sort of in in the same picture as the other positions, okay? You know who doesn't see it that way? The owners of the teams. In a lot of sure. cases, the casual fans, the markets, the, the people that the teams are selling towards, okay? And... Ownership, I have heard a million times. A couple of years ago, I asked owners, I said, what do you involve yourself with? Do you micromanage whatever? And to a man, even the ones that said, you know, I don't, I let my GM and coach do their job. They all said, okay, well, when it comes to quarterback contracts or quarterback drafting or quarterback meetings, I sit in that. I mean, it's almost like the quarterbacks are, in, in, in some markets are like the mayors of the town. Like they are such important figures. They have the ability to just change the fortunes of entire regions. And so I, I just think that, you know, when it comes to contracts with the quarterback specifically in no other position, you cannot ask a team to think rationally because no. they're not. They're not. What it, you know, I mean, there's so many times you hear a story about, oh, well, they had to sign this guy or they couldn't let this guy go quarterback wise because all of the te- all the team's uh, luxury suites are, are, are coming up for renewal next year and they have to sign this guy or they have yeah. to have something to sell. Happens all the time. It does not happen with the wide receiver. It does not happen with the defensive tackle. And that's why it's so different. And I think that's why this, the cousin situation in Minnesota, in Minnesota is fun to consider and talk about because this is a football decision. This is yeah. a, we have this sort of title window 
How can we maximize it? The Minnesota Vikings are going to be the best version of themselves in 2018 because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. There is no other outcome from this offseason that could make them a better football team for their 16 games next fall than this choice. But it does have ramifications beyond that. By paying Kirk Cousins $28 million next year, you put yourself in a precarious position. I think they're going to have about 35 or so million in cap space without any other moves now that Cousins' contract is on the books. We've talked about this before. Barr, Diggs, Kendricks, Hunter, all free agents. You're not going to be able to bring all those guys back, most likely, mm-hmm. considering the cap space. You are immediately and without question going to hurt other areas of your roster by giving out this contract. But is that worth the one single year when you can be the best possible football team that you can be? And that is, I think, the gamble that the Vikings are making. Okay. I don't know what the right answer is there. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is $10 million a year better than Case Keenum. I don't, I, I, my gut is that maybe he's not. Yeah. Just in a vacuum. But I think when you're trying to just milk everything you can out of your chance to win a championship, maybe that small gap is that important. Maybe it's worth $10 million. I don't know. I honestly don't. Yeah, we went over this. It's sort of yeah. an unknowable question. I would not have done it. I would have franchised. I know. I probably would have franchised Keenum and just and just kicked it down another year. I mean, listen, let me tell you something. Even if Case Keenum won the freaking Super Bowl, he's not getting around $30 million three years yeah. fully guaranteed. Even if he won listen, the Super Bowl, he's not getting that contract. I so, think it's a completely reasonable response. I, I, I'm there with you. I get it. I also get why they got, they did it. I, I I see both sides of it. Yeah, I see their motivation. How do we feel about Denver and Keenum? It, it just I feels lo- silly to me. Okay, go ahead. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where I don't think the Broncos are that close. No. And to pay a quarterback $18 million when you were he's not going to make you a contender, I, I like pieces on that offense. The receivers are great. Who the hell's playing running back? You know, it's some combination of Booker and Henderson, which, okay, neither of them have shown me much. Their offensive line still has problems. The defense is trading away keep to leave for scraps now. Yep. It, it, we're in a situation with some of these teams where giving a quarterback that much money when you're not a contender and probably or maybe drafting a quarterback anyway. Why? The opportunity cost there just doesn't track in my mind. Hey, general manager John Elway. Are we sure he's good? No. The one quarterback he evaluated <laughs> properly was Brock Osweiler. <laughs> No, I was gonna say Peyton Manning. He oh, tried to. Pretty... He offered Osweiler a huge deal. That's a good point. Yeah, was, he just didn't take it. Yeah, you're yeah, right. The one quarterback oh, was, is on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks that he hit on, and yeah, it was, not re- to evaluate. It was well Peyton established. Good. He nailed it. Yeah, congratulations, good job, John. John. He nailed the Peyton Manning eval. And so Sam Bradford is probably in the same conversation, right? Twenty million for the one year, fifteen million dollars guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Why did the Cardinals need a year of Sam Bradford? Also. Who's paying Sam Bradford $14 million? Uh, somebody would. What's going oh, The Jets, I guess? I don't know. Somebody would. Someone I think somebody... told me, you know, he, didn't, he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't enter the, the tournaments. Someone told me that Sam Bradford is quietly the best golfer in the NFL. We've talked about this. Yeah. I mean, he's going to just be playing golf all day, every Arizona, day in Arizona. Arizona, huge distraction. Uh, my, trust me, my mom was half the year in we Arizona We talk now. about distraction culture all the time. You know, just like, oh, you don't want yeah. in there, all the distractions. Sam Bradford and golf courses. And with Larry Fitz, 
I know. Whoa. They're just going to be playing all day, every day. Whoa. I, my TPC mother lives in Arizona. Scottsdale, just open reservation. Open my table. Mother, my mother lives in Arizona for half the year now. I seriously, I can't remember the last time I've called her when she was there and she was not on the golf course. Oh, my God. I can't even remember. Does she it's, answer? Sometimes. On very quietly. Course? Very quietly. Not on the green. But like if she's in the cart, you know, she'll, she'll do a little whisper. So this isn't oh, high stakes stuff. I you think know, she's, not, call, I, she's you, not playing skins. If you call me and I'm on the golf course, that's going. That's not even. I'm not even going to do the thing where you it go, you know rings a couple times. I'm just straight rejecting. Right to voice. Hey, so that's fair because we take our golf seriously, me and you. I uh, I really liked your tiger thing, man. Hey, thank it you. It was a fun weekend. I cannot. It, it was such a great way to spend a Sunday. I just um, missed it so much. It's. It's all I care. Bill Simmons recently said um, that it's Tiger being back is his favorite non-Boston sports thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, I trust me. I 100% agree. I mean, it's just one of those things where it, it, it gives you like, it just changed my entire day. It changed my entire weekend. And I don't, I can't think of a non-Chicago sports thing that would do that. I mean, like the, I'll be watching the tournament all week, but that's, we have that's on the calendar. Robert Mays, you're going to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas, man. I know. I'm going to lose a lot of money because I know nothing about college basketball. All right. Let's get back to these. Allen Robinson, I just, you know, obviously my excitement is through the roof, but just in terms of the pragmatism of it, mm. I don't mind it. It's not out of control. When, I mean, look at the freaking Marquise Lee deal. They, the Jaguars gave Marquise Lee about nine million a year, nine and a half million a year, with eighteen million dollars guaranteed. Or tw- was it twenty? Something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at it now. I'm now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to find it. Uh, it, so it, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm taking Allen Robinson at that price tag. When healthy, Allen Robinson is one of the most talented receivers in the NFL, like easily in the top ten. So yes, I'm I'm gonna roll that dice. The other Bears signing, we chat about this a little bit off the show. Uh, you're down on it. I I'm understand it, even it. if it's a little bit of an overpay. Trey Burton for his price he, tag. He was one of my uh, favorite four guys last week on the pod. Eight a lot million of money. a year is just on the upper end of a bargain. A bargain free agent signing. I think it's fine. It's just not a bargain free agent signing. It's one of those things where I understand why you did it. You know, I assume they'll cut Deion Sims now. Yeah. So he he was on the books for six million. They'll save about five point. Uh, I think he's he has six hundred sixty six thousand left in guaranteed. So they'll, they'll save five point three. You're paying Burton eight. It's really not digging into your cap room at all. And he is such a perfect fit for that. I forgot offense. Deion Sims on the Bears until and, until uh, until me, you I, told I, I me wish that I they could. were going to cut Sims. I had no, I, I just, it slipped my mind. So money-wise, you're essentially paying the same thing. And that's market value for tight ends at this point. You know, Fleener got about seven. Fedorowicz got about seven. All those guys are right in the seven million, around 18 to 20 million guaranteed. So, you know, I assume that if Sim, or if Burton gets half that guaranteed, it makes sense. He's going to be an H-back in that offense, a lot of wham blocking, a lot of moving around, positional flexibility. The Chiefs threw the ball in 26% of their 12 personnel throws or plays last year, which mm-hmm. is the second highest rate in the league after Baltimore. Baltimore only did that because they didn't have any receivers. The Eagles were third. I have talked about this a lot. I love throwing out of heavy formations. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Bears are going to be able to do now. A lot of just movement, you know, motions, whatever, and throwing the ball with him and Shaheen on the field. And I, I think it's a, it made this move makes sense. You pay the sticker price in free agency pretty often. They did. He probably will never be an $8 million a year player. But with the Bears, there's no one to sign. It's not as if you're tying up your cap for all these young guys you're going to have to extend. 
The only players currently on their roster that they're really going to take a hard look at most likely within the next two years about whether they want them back are Eddie Goldman and Adrian Amos. You know, Howard's up in two years, a couple other guys up in two years, but not before the guarantees of that Burton contract are probably gone. Yep. So it just makes sense. The Bears have no players. I mean, he's a guy that fits in every single way. I don't mind it whatsoever. Matt Nagy going without the hat in public appearances. I like it. Do it, buddy. Let's go. Uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, speaking of uh, Chiefs and their situation. Hmm. A lot of money for Sammy Watkins. A lot of money for Sammy Watkins. Good it's, example uh, of a guy whose draft position has shaded the league's viewpoint of him. 100%. And I, I tweeted this today. I firmly believe it. I, I kind of have to put on two different hats during free agency. There's the football fan hat where I think about Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Jason Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Kareem Hunt in the same offense, and I start hyperventilating. And then there's the NFL writer hat where it's like, well, you know, money is real. The yeah. Chiefs don't have much cap space. So to get $30 million guaranteed and the $16 million a year annual deal if you're Sammy Watkins, that's a decent chunk of change. You know, A.J. Green got 32.8 with a $15 million average. You know, Alshon's making 13. Keenan Allen is a different story, obviously, because the injuries, but 11.3 with 21 million guaranteed. They really paid for Sammy Watkins. I mean, that is a top of the market wide receiver contract. He's super talented, but uh, I don't know, man. So you're taking a risk there. Maybe it's a risk worth taking. And again, if this all works out, that is going to be must see television. One of the, but that's a lot of money. One of the things on Sammy Watkins' official store is a gift certificate to the Sammy Watkins official store. That's incredible. With Sammy Watkins' face on it. Uh, we should just do a running bit of players' personal websites and stores and see what the best We're stuff is. We're already kind of deep into it with Nathan Peterman. <laughs> He's also, his display name on Twitter is King Me, but I don't know if he means like King Me as in like in checkers or in checkers, King, yeah. Or if that's his title, King, King Me. me. Yeah, I have Got no idea. I'm on the pod. Uh, Danny Amendola. What the hell? What were the numbers? Two years, 12 million with incentives, 8.2 guaranteed. Whatever. So I, that's that's like fine. I probably wouldn't give Danny Amendola that considering he's been made of glass for the last 10 years and you don't have any money. The Albert Wilson contract is more puzzling to me. Wait, why could we not? If I'm the Dolphins. Shouldn't we have just kept Indomitian Sue? Everything about this is so hilarious. Like, I think Albert Wilson's a fine player. I, I was intrigued by him as a Bears destination. For cheap? For Not only just for cheap, but these decisions aren't made in a vacuum. These decisions are made considering your roster construction, the money you have available, and every other factor that should go into this. The Dolphins don't have any money, and they're bad, and they just keep getting rid of their good players and then signing worse players for like 68% of that money. I don't understand <laughs> any of this. You know, Jason uh, from Over the Cap, Jason Fitzgerald, um, he made the point, I tweeted this earlier, and I, I agree with it. If Amendola is making $6 million and Albert Wilson's making $8 million, every team should just draft three wide receivers instead of spending that much money. Yes, and they paid Kenny Stills already. And I think the Kenny Stills contract is fine. Uh, you know, Barnwell crushed me for it. I was like, I like Kenny Stills. But there is only so much money to go around. Also, now they're paying Robert Quinn. Like, everything the Dolphins do does not make sense to me. And now, apparently, 
they're in the Baker Mayfield like discussion. They may draft a quarterback, which sets your timeline back even further. But you're going in on these receivers. I, I, I everything the Dolphins do, I just sit back and I'm like, why? Like, what is this? Is it? There is no way this is a football team that is run by sane humans. I just nothing about it tracks to me. Mike Tannenbaum was like an early cap guru. <laughs> Those days are gone. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, it's like it's like he hasn't looked into the cap in like five years. Oh God! I mean, oh, yeah. it may have happened. I mean, it happens all the time that guys, you know, we're so impressed by Andy Reid. We talk about it all the time because he innovates and he innovates. He takes what he had and he changes it every year. The same can be said for front office people. They have to change every year. I mean, look at Howie Roseman. And I don't know. I mean, Mike Tannenbaum was a cap genius 15 years ago. He's no longer a cap genius. Yeah, that team is is baffling to me. Uh, Andrew Norwell. Surprise. You know, not a team that people mentioned in regard to him before free agency started, but it makes sense. You know, I think people try to build the Jaguars at try to build the Jaguars as this power running, you know, team with this really nice offensive line and Fournette and everything else. That is more perception than reality. Mm. You know, Cam Robinson's promising, but he had an up and down year. Linder is a really good center. I think that he's a guy they, they've already they paid, paid and should. Him. Yeah, I like him as a lot as a player. But you had two guys on other side with uh, AJ Can yeah. and uh, Patrick Omame, who yeah. I did that without looking at the depth chart, which is why I screwed it up. It's, those two guys, I mean, Omame's a good story. He's an undrafted free agent. He's really outplayed, you know, anything people could have suspected from him. Cam is a guy people like coming to the draft has not been that great. They could use an upgrade on the interior, especially to help their running game. And Norwell's a monster. I mean, we've said, we talked about this all the time. Interior pressure has become so paramount. Yeah. And negating it has become so paramount that there's a reason guards are making $13 million a year. And that dude is an animal. I mean, I love him. I, his game is so good. He fits that power scheme in Jacksonville. I mean, it is a perfect marriage, just one that people did not see coming. And, you know, the Blake Bortles contract has downsides. It has downsides because you have to commit to him financially next year. But by redoing his deal, it allows you to get in on sweepstakes like this. Should you have re-signed Marquise Lee instead of Allen Robinson? Probably not. But it does allow you to get in on players of this caliber. Again, and maximize a window, we, like we talked about. Cost certainty, and that's that's important, I think. You know, bringing his cap number down. Um, would you rather have Blake Bortles, or would you rather have paid slightly more guaranteed money to Mr. Case Keenum? Keenum. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. Mean, so that's why, that's that's my thought in all of this, is that if the Jaguars just went out, into the, I understand why they did it, and I understand the payoff now. But if they had just gone out into the open market and found a guy, I mean, how much is Teddy Bridgewater going to get? I would say around probably twelve, maybe. Yeah, why, in my what, guess, maybe a little bit more, maybe fifteen. Here, here's the thing, I don't though. Know. I mean, he's not here's the wrinkle in all this: he wasn't going to pass his physical. That's the whole. That's the Bridgewater. The compli- no, Bortles. Bortles. That's the complication in all this. Sure. If you thought you had to give him the nineteen million anyway. Sure. This was a way to kind of mitigate your cost in year sure. one. That, that, I think that's kind of the wrench in all this. In a vacuum, I 100% agree with you. We, I've talked about this for months in, in the sense that I wanted them to go out and explore, and the idea of extending him was crazy to me. But if you're going to have to give him the $19 million anyway, 
then I understand just, all right, let's get the cap number down and figure this out later. The other interior lineman to sign, uh, Weston Richburg. Yeah. So he goes to San Francisco, which I thought they'd be in the market for. I didn't know if they'd be in the market for a center because Kilgore just signed there, but apparently he's going to be a guard or depth for them. I assume a guard because they give him something like four million. Uh, the 49, or Shanahan does not pay guards. No. This is, uh, how it goes. You know what he does pay? Centers. That, that is what that team, his philosophy, he wants a really good center. And that's what Rich, Richburg is going to be for them. So now you have a line in San Francisco, which is going to be, I assume, Staley, Kilgore, Richburg. We'll see what they do at right guard. Fusco's a free agent. Trent Brown's coming back. Marquise Lee, Pierre Garcon, George Kittle, whatever they do at running back, Jimmy Garoppolo is getting fun. Is getting real fun. And Richard Sherman. Okay. Can I go back to the Jaguars for one second? Yes, we can. According to Spot Track, this will change. According to Spot Track, they have $27 million in cap space, tied for. Tied for around 17th in the league with the Seahawks, a little less than the Raiders. Is there a reason they can't go out and sign a backup who could also compete for the starting job? Why are they not looking into A.J. McCarron? Something, someone like oh, I that. Think, I don't think A.J. McCarron's in that. Uh, I don't think he's in that price range. I What's, think A.J. McCarron's going to make double digits. Who's paying him? I don't know. There's Somebody nobody left. I guess that's a good point. Now, this pod, having said that, this pod will come out and he will have signed like a fourteen million dollar deal somewhere, just because I'm an idiot. But I guess there is. I guess you're right. There really well, the is. The bills going to pay him? No, the bills are derp. Yeah. I, they, they, I saw eh, one of the bills. I, would, I, I the, wouldn't rule out the bills okay, paying him. One of the bills. These teams are dumb. One of the bills writers. I like Brandon Bean. One of the bills writers just tweeted a couple minutes ago that that Matt Moore might make more, more sense than anybody. Because he knows Brian Dable and all that stuff. Listen, man, I, I want these teams that are going to draft a quarterback to pay their starter like $5 million. I want teams to do the 49ers Josh, thing, not the Bears thing. Josh McCown? That's that's perfect. Josh that's McCown, perfect. but if he comes cheap, A.J. McCarron. If you t- say to A.J. McCarron, let's say you can, let's say the, the price ends up being seven or eight for A.J. McCarron, okay? And Would you do that if you're the Bills? If you're the Bills. Would you pay a seven or eight million dollars to AJ McCarron to be your stopgap quarterback? Yes, seven to eight is palatable to me. Yes, I'm talking. It, about the, he'll be I'm, Brian I'm, Hoyer this I'm year. I'm talking to the Jaguars. I'm talking about the Jaguars. Would you you'd pay AJ McCarron eight million dollars to compete when you're already giving your quarterback ten million For this one year? year? I wouldn't do that. Use that you eight have million the somewhere money. else. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with Go it? Go draft a quarterback in the third round. Okay, but I'm, what I'm saying is that it gives you. If you have another person who can compete for the job, who might, by the way, be better than Bortles? I'm not doing that. That's a waste of money. Is AJ McCarron better than Blake Bortles? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer either. But you you have $27 million in cap space. I'm not saying $27 million. They have $27 million after signing Norwell? No way. I have no idea. But so, no, um, that, no, that's I'm just not in there. Spot. I said it would change, but I mean, they, they only, they, they, they can still afford. <laughs> nah. I'm not doing that. Go I'm out and get a real it. NFL player. Draft a quarterback. But how much is Josh McCown going to be? Four million. Th- that I would do. Okay, you would do, but f- not eight. Josh McCown isn't half as good as Blake Bortles when you know you're only doing it for a year. I don't know, man. I'm just saying the Jaguars have a realistic chance to get to the Super Bowl if they have above-average quarterback play. I'm not doing I'm, that. You maximize the opportunities. You can't pay your quarterback room 
a combined $20 million when those guys are Blake Bortles and AJ McCarron. I mean, what did we just see in, in Philadelphia? What have we seen for, for Minnesota? They paid their quarterback what we a combined $10 million. What just they, yeah, because they had Carson Wentz on a rookie contract. But Nick Foles, wasn't Nick Foles one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks in sure, the league? Sure, but it was like $4 million. No, He's I making 7 that. this year. Okay, but what I'm saying is he's making, Nick Foles counting $7 million against cap this year? This year. Okay. So, but what I'm saying, look at the Vikings. Plan C for them got to the NFC Championship game. I'm just saying, backup quarterback is very uh, important when it's Blake Bortles and you can maximize your opportunity and you say, okay, we're going to roll with the hot hand here. I think you're okay spending four more million dollars and bringing in Josh McCown. That's all. This also goes, uh, what I'm trying, this also. McCown is fine for half that. Is okay, what I'm but saying. it's only $4 million. Salary cap's, what, $177 million? Sure, but it's not $177 million when you've already spent 160 of it. No, I understand. I'm just saying, you could, first of all, you can make anything work. I mean, the, the freaking. Well, yeah, they could. The cut Eagles, the Eagles, there's a bunch of stuff the they Eagles can do. The Eagles just somehow science restructured Lane Johnson and freed up $7 million out of nowhere. I'd rather have Josh McCown than AJ McCarron okay, if, from I a the football Bron- perspective. if I were the Jaguars. Yes. Th- that's all I'm asking. This yes. all comes down to your evaluation of the players, by the way. Because yeah, I'm not giving AJ McCarron anything. It's, it's, it's possible. It's possible that the Jaguars front office looks at AJ McCarron and says, this guy sucks. It's possible. I don't know enough about quarterback play to be able to decipher from those handful of starts AJ McCarron has whether or not he can play. I'm just saying. The, I don't know, but I've watched football. He wasn't good. McCarron in 2016? Yes. Okay. That was the best team in the league. The. The 2016, the 2015 Bengals. 2015, excuse me. Yes. Were the best offense in the league with Dalton. They okay. were a disaster when McCarron's. All I'm saying, this isn't about AJ McCarron. This isn't even about Josh McCown. This is about bringing in a guy who's going to compete and can start for the Jaguars and maximize the possibilities that they could make the Super Bowl. That's fair. If All Blake right. Bortles, if Blake Bortles comes out like he has a couple of times in the playoffs and can't hit a screen pass. I would like a non-Chad Henney person to be able to come off the bench. The non-Chad Henney person. I think that's what I would like most roles of any human to be. The non-Chad Henney person. All right. Coming up, we're going to chat about some of the happenings from this weekend, including the Browns making moves, man. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This is JJ Redick here to talk to you about the JJ Redick podcast, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Currently, I play in the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers, but you may know me from my previous teams, the LA Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Orlando Magic, or from my college days at Duke University. Being a professional basketball player, I have a great opportunity to talk to a lot of interesting people, and the podcast is a place where I can share those conversations with you, the listener. On my show, I sit down with athletes, celebrities, and a variety of other special guests. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the JJ Reddick podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. All right, buddy, let's get into some of the other news uh, very quickly because I forgot to talk about this during the quarterbacks. Breeze was always going back to New Orleans. So there was a story. Did you see the Adam Schefter story? No. He said that there was a team that offered him two years, 60 guaranteed. And I, I mean, that's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. Why would you go chase it if you're Breeze? That team can win the Super Bowl next year. It's not about loyalty. I agree with you. And you have Alvin Kamara. You have a basically a team and a franchise that's built around you. Uh, and who's, by the way, paid you a lot of money. Yeah, a I think you should go. I, mean, th- I think that it was always going to happen. It was a perfect sure. marriage. So. What if the Vikings had Godfather offered him? I still think you stay. Yeah. I think if it's even close, you stay. 
I mean, I, the idea that the Saints even fiddled with this is frightening. I mean, I can't believe you'd give other teams the chance to pitch him. I mean, the, the, even like that's just playing with fire in my mind. It's Drew Brees. Like, come on, let's get this done and let's go take one more run at this with a really good football team. So, and that's what they're going to do. I mean, that team is fun as hell. I'm, I'm glad he's back there and I always assumed he would be. So uh, the Saints have had their quarterback situation squared away for a decade or so. The Browns are the exact opposite of that. Uh, they've been searching for a quarterback for at least the last decade. They swing the trade for Tyrod Taylor a few hours after trading for Jarvis Landry. And it was one hell of a day. I mean, I wrote about it on Friday night because I think I didn't think I could let it go without. I mean, it was such a weird, not necessarily weird, but surprising string of events, you know, from that team. And it was kind of stepping outside of what we've seen from them in the last couple of years. You know, I think that under Sashi Brown, it was all about let's, you know, gather, 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 get as many resources as you can. And then he may have started using them this year, but Dorsey kind of sat there with the arsenal and the war chest that he was in possession of and said, all right, let's go. I'm going to use this to get the guys I want to get. They go trade for Jarvis Landry, not a ton of capital to give, to get Jarvis Landry. You know, they, they gave up something small. I didn't think it would take much more than that. God, that the, trade feels like it happened three years ago. I know. Isn't that strange? And then they give up the 65 pick to get Tyrod Taylor. So, Let's talk about this. I, I guess just your first impressions when you heard that stuff went down. What is what's in your mind? What are you like? All right, this is what the Browns are thinking. I'm slightly worried that the Browns are going to spend all of their assets, both picks and cap space, in this offseason. I feel like you know you're not, despite the fact that we've seen some incredible jumps and that free agency is for the first time sort of a viable way to build a team. I saw a report from the NFL Network that basically the Browns want to spend their cap space like this offseason. And that that slightly concerns me just from going from uber patient to uber aggressive in one offseason. Mistakes can be made very easily. And I'm not saying that anything, I'm not saying Dorsey's had any giant missteps. I'm just saying I wish Dorsey would would take it easy. So here's my counter to that. They didn't spend much to get Landry. I think it's a 2019 fourth round pick, right? Yeah. And, and, and not much else. I mean, it's a late round pick, but who cares? The 65 picks get Taylor. They still have one, four, 33, 35, 60. So that's a lot. I mean, that is a huge amount of draft capital to work with near the top. And then they haven't spent, I, mean, I, I think that whatever the contract for Landry is going to be, they're going to give him a new one is going to be an overpay. I've been on record saying, I don't think he's worth what he's going to garner in the open market, but he does fit with what they do in the sense that you have Coleman, you have Gordon. Now Landry's in the slot, Joku. I think they should trade Dave, Duke Johnson, or even if they don't trade him, I think somebody should call because it just seems like he's a redundancy with Landry. If you're going to go out and get a bigger back. He only had like 75 carries last year. And his, I think he had 70, he had more than 70 receptions. Decent amount of that came from working in the slot. Landry's going to take that away. I would call if I were another team. I know they're apparently working on an extension, but it just feels like he does not fit in that offense. Anyway, yeah. that's it. Peter, Peter Schrager just tweeted that the Browns just signed Chris Smith. Who the hell is that? I, the defensive end. I don't know who that Play is for the legitimately. Play for the I legitimately don't know who that is. I, I, it's, it's a weird day one of free agency move. Yeah, I, I have Listen, no idea who Chris I'm Smith is. I'm on record as 
loving John Dorsey. I think that he's going to build a winner there. I just, this idea that the Browns can make over their team in one offseason is uh, slightly misguided. But he, I don't he think knows they what can he's doing. Either. He knows but what he's doing. I think that the Taylor thing, if they were going to go out and get a veteran quarterback anyway, which apparently they were going to, that they were going to get a veteran quarterback even if they wanted to take one at first overall. So if you're going to go do that, I like paying Taylor for a year as opposed to having to go out and give Case Keenum three years or whatever. That's fine to me. I think that this is the team that has so much capital. Again, if you're going to do it, which I don't think you have to, considering they're I, they're likely going to take a quarterback first. But if you're going to do it, I like this version of it better than going giving a guy a three-year contract or two-year sure. contract. Either. So I, I will say this. Let's assume that Taylor is the bridge. And you get it most two years out of Taylor? One year? What do you think? Uh, my guess would be one. Okay. His contract's only for a year, though. The 65th pick. I'd rather just have John Dorsey use his powers and draft some Uber athlete. Yeah. With the 60, I can understand 65th that. pick. 65th pick is no shirt thing, though. Oh, I understand that. But I'm saying just from a value perspective, I'd yeah. rather just keep the pick, let Dorsey do his magic. And then sign a guy and just use the cap space you have a lot of. I understand they have a lot of picks, but you also have a lot of cap space. Cap yeah, space that's fair. Cap space can be created. Draft picks cannot. Fair. But they have a ton of picks. The other thing, and I know that's not a reason, but I guarantee you that's part of their thinking. And I think that Tyrod Taylor was the second best quarterback semi-available. Yeah, I, I think that he's. Yeah. I think he's right there with Kirk Cousins. I honestly do. And I, so I think that going out and getting him, they're going to be a much better football team next year. I don't know if it's the answer, but they're going to be a much better football team next year. How many wins? I think they can win eight games. Mm. I mean, that's the high end, mm. but I think the ceiling is eight games. It is hard to overstate how bad the quarterback played in Cleveland once last year. It, it's a, the bottom of the barrel. I mean, they had a, I think their turnover rate was 0.213 turnovers per drive which was just astronomically higher than any other team in the league. Even putting a reasonable quarterback in there, and I think Tyrod Taylor is a more than reasonable quarterback, changes your fortunes. I like Taylor a lot. I mean, it's that offense can be really fun. We'll see how they use him. You know, I don't know how much faith I have in Todd Haley and getting the most out of Tyrod Taylor, but if they get Barkley at four, which I think is becoming more and more realistic, because I assume Uh, the Browns will still take a quarterback first overall. Sure. Because they should. I mean, you should take the guy you like there and then let it go. I think that the Giants may take a quarterback if they don't. If the Giants don't take a quarterback, I think the Giants trade out because I think someone will come up to get one. I got to tell you, I I just don't see them taking Barkley. That's just not Dorsey's. um, I mean, Dorsey takes has found so much value. He found Kareem Hunt in the third round in 2017. I I'm just saying, let let's play it out, though. If they take Barkley at four after taking a quarterback at one. From left to right, your offensive line is Joe Thomas, Joel Batonio. Uh, is I, I can't remember anymore. That's my brain is fried. But in some order, it's Thomas, Batonio, JC Treader, Kevin Zeitler. Sean Coleman's not that good. They can upgrade at right tackle. Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, David Joku, and Saquon Barkley. Mm. That works for me. I mean, that is a reasonable NFL team. Who knows what they can get out of it? Because there's no reason we should have faith in that team anymore. But that's a nice collection of players. And Tyrod Taylor is the rug that brings it all together. I just listened to the rewatchables about Big Lebowski. So, I mean, he, they, they really bring the them together. together. 
Yeah. I mean, Tyrod Taylor ties the room together. And I think that that offense is intriguing to me at the very least. And they have some pieces on the other side of the ball. Obviously, the Danny Shelton trade, you know, they lose some run defense, but it's hard to pay $12 million to a run-stuffing defensive tackle, which they would have had to do next year on his fifth-year option as the 12th overall pick. That was but, so strange. What was strange to you? So Danny Shelton goes to New England. They've bolstered that. That was so strange was a reference to the, the rumor that's going around now that the Patriots might be interested in endowment can sue. <sighs> Which is, a, it's, it's a highly unsourced, like, blog rumor. But where do you, let's get to Sue. All right. So the Sue thing, I feel like is kind of been misconstrued as it's gone on over the last two years. The Indomitian Sue contract is kind of a disaster in the sense that you can't pay a non quarterback that much money. I felt like when he hit them, I, I'm glad all the Grant NFL podcasts have been destroyed because I do not want on record what I probably said about the contract at the time. Cause I just feel like players like that don't hit free agency. He still is really good. Yeah. And if you can get him at a reasonable price, I think he could be one of the most important players to come off the market this year. I just don't know how a guy who never speaks to the media is going to fit in a New England. It's a fish out of water, man. I, I just don't it's know. Gonna, it's going to struggle. Just don't know. Um, where outside of New England, where do you think he makes sense? Oh, I don't know. I mean, any any four three team that. I got, has, I got one. The cap space. I got one that I, I've been thinking about since the day I heard he was going to get released. And every time I think about it, it hold on, just... hold on. Hmm. Hold on. This is a lot of dead air. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about this too much. Is it Jacksonville? No. Oh. You put him with Bosa and Ingram oh. with the Chargers. Yeah. Right. That's fun. That's, they need they need run defense help desperately, and they have a glaring hole at that spot. How much money do they have? I think. Let me look. I was I was considering this the other day. They have enough. I mean, they they could sign him. They could get him under without any sort of gymnastics. I mean, they could obviously you know figure some other stuff out. They could play with it, but they have nineteen million in space, so they could sign him. What about New Orleans? They don't have the money, right? I mean, they're probably up against it. I mean, that it's obviously. I mean, the the Saints signed Jarvis Bird when they had like sixteen million, like the sixteen dollars in cap the space. The cap is not real. There it's is not no real. cap. Yeah, I'm just saying in terms of overall resource distribution, it might not be the smartest thing. But um, they're also I mean, again, still paying fairly, right? Or is he a free agent? I mean, isn't that a medical? Does he? They're not get a medical exemption for that. He's a free agent. So. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they had, if they had more money given to him, but he's six million dollars against the cap this year. Fairly is because they did that weird Saints thing where they push that stuff into the next year because they have no money, so they got to keep kicking the can down the road. The Saints are great. The Saints are amazing. Yeah, the, just the, a, the level of financial just irresponsibility never ceases to amaze. So yeah, it says they have thirty one million, but that's not the Saints do. That's not real. Well, it's just, oh, because Breeze. Yeah. So now they have six million or whatever it's going to be. It's just yeah. great. The Saints it's never just, have any money. But I mean, it, it, again, again, I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. The Eagles just magically made seven million dollars appear out of nowhere. You always can, and, and the and, Saints seem to do and it all the time. The one thing I want to say about the Eagles, you know, I said last week, I said, you know, that there were going to be changes in the Eagles, and a couple of Eagles said eh, twenty of tw- I think they said twenty of twenty-two starters are coming back. Here's the reality in the NFL: 
the way that the cap is constructed, every team can get dramatically better. Look at the Rams, okay? Teams can get dramatically better, and they can go from an A-minus team to an A-plus team in one offseason. I'm not saying the Rams went to an A-plus team this year, but but you can. And I think Howie knows more than anybody that if you actually brought back 20 of 22 starters, that's not good enough um, because of the of the – First of all, the way the the cap works, you can just add talent all the time, and that's why sure. that's why he went out and got Michael Bennett because he knows that you have to improve and stockpile your talent every single year. And so, I wouldn't be surprised with that cap space if they went out and got another good mid level free agent because they need to keep pace. Yes, I mean you look at what you the Eagles and the Rams space. are doing. There's an pace. arms race happening. Yes. I mean that's exactly what's going on. So you have to do something. And again, what we talked about this last week. The 49ers getting in on this too, man. They're stocking up. I mean, they were the team we wanted to watch. And the Sherman contract, I think, is so indicative of what I wrote last Friday. Just that this is the team that can really throw their weight around because it's an attractive destination. Richard Sherman was, was going to have several suitors, I would assume. First visit, first phone call, signs. With San Francisco. Doesn't oh, look anywhere else. Oh, what the happened? Packers are signing Jimmy Graham. Son of a bitch. Why is everything terrible? He's going to catch 14 touchdown passes next year. 16, 20. God damn it. I'm just going to drink this coffee and let's let you deal Kevin, with this. Kevin, Ooh. What? Taylor Gabriel signing with the Bears. This makes me a little bit happier. He's very fast. Okay. That helps a little bit, but this is still very disheartening. What just happened? What do you mean? I informed you that Bears' biggest rival is signing Jimmy Graham, and you you seem to be legitimately soothed by the Taylor Gabriel signing. Oh, it was just a nice little thing. I just saw it like a couple tweets lower than Will Brinson talking about Jimmy Graham. So I was like, okay, you know that help that helps soothe me a little bit. Helps lessen the blow. Yeah, this isn't great. Um, the idea of Rogers having a monster red zone target that you can just jump over everybody is not fun. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Are the Packers going to win the NFC North even with Kirk Cousins? Sure. I mean, I'll, I will most likely pick them every year to the for the rest of time. I agree. I don't think this necessarily changes the Vikings out. I, I don't think the Kirk Cousins sign necessarily changes the Vikings outlook. I think they're going to win between 10 and 12 games no matter what. I think it upper, uppers. I think it increases their ceiling. I, I think it definitely gives them more juice when it comes down to it to win a Super Bowl. This is big. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that that's a fun football signing. It's just not a fun football signing for me. That's what I'll say. Hmm. I like Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel stretching the field, though, man. That's fun. Whatever helps you sleep at night, man. I don't sleep really well. Trust me. You don't? Aaron Rodgers is always there. Is that is that the, the root of your insomnia? Yeah, I've I've said this before. He's what I when I check under my bed before I go to sleep at night. I'm looking for Aaron Rodgers. This has always been the case. Hmm. Okay. All right. Do we want to just go over very quickly the guys that are still left and the guys you're most intrigued by over the next twenty uh, four to forty eight hours here? Sure. Obviously, just so people know, we're recording this at it, it is currently three sixteen Central Time on Tuesday. So, and whatever happens after this. We, we we cannot control <laughs> that. That is not up to us. So any signings that come down between when this is taped and when this airs, not our fault. Okay. Do you have a list in front of you? 
I'm looking at a, a free agent tracker right now. Yes. So Tremaine Johnson, Nate Solder, who was rumored to Houston. We talked about that uh, last week. We're talking to Danny. It just made a lot of sense. Malcolm Butler still needs to be signed. Oh, Apparently, yeah. started with Tulele is going to Buffalo. Yeah, I saw that. No one. That's one of those things that I think is. I don't think it's necessarily earth shattering, but it's just something that everyone moved on from very quickly. He's not that good. Yeah. I think is maybe the reason for that. He's not somebody that moves the needle for yeah. me. Richardson. Richardson to Washington. Yeah. It's an eight million dollar no, year contract. No, Sheldon. Oh yes. But, Paul uh, Richardson. Jordan, Paul Richardson went to Washington. Eight million dollars a year. That's a lot of money for a guy that has not been able to stay healthy and really has one defined skill. I can understand the appeal to him. Wait, what's the skill? He's a good vertical threat who goes and gets the ball. He won his uh he won his high school high jumping. That sounds right. State thing. Based on what I've seen from Paul I knew Richardson. that because I couldn't find I couldn't find any spark numbers for him, so I was freaking out. And then it turns out that he I think it was Danny Kelly informed me of the fact that he he was a like a all world high jumper. So Paul Richardson has easily the highest ratio of amazing catches to total catches. Mm. How many career receptions do you think Paul Richardson has? Um, 74. 95. Oh. He had 44 catches this year for 703 yards and six touchdowns. That's more than I honestly thought. $8 million in this market probably makes sense for him. Would you rather have Paul Richardson or Marquise Lee? Mm, Marquise Lee? It's tough for me. I just think Richardson gives you more in terms of big playability and all that stuff, but I think Marquise Lee is probably a better player. I don't know. Probably. I get, I get seduced by the ridiculous catches, and Paul Richardson makes and a lot of neither of them are like Iron Man, exactly. No, exactly. I'd rather have Allen Robinson, who tore one ACL one time, and has been fine every yeah. other time aside from that. Other guys still available now that Jimmy Graham is gone. Justin Pugh, who will have a market for sure. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, we chatted a little bit about this in the Slack. I feel like he's a much different player than Burton. So even if he gets a similar number, I think Burton was still a better fit for the Bears. Rashawn Melvin, Mo Wilkerson, Avery Williamson is somebody I'm intrigued by. He's 26. He's a nice player. We'll see what kind of a market develops for Eifert. But in reality, we still got a lot of names to come off the board here. I mean, it seems like it's been this nutty day where so many guys have signed. But, I mean, this is just the beginning. Well, the good news is Chris Smith is off the board. That, that's what every single one of us is waiting for. Him and Cousins were the dominoes we were waiting to fall. He's a situational pass rusher. There we go. All right. Spend uh, that money, Dorsey. Kevin, I think that's all we got for today, man. As always, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Danny and Kevin will be back on Thursday. I will be watching games in Las Vegas, so unfortunately I will not be able to join you guys. But we will be back. I will be back next week as all of this stuff is probably shaken out for the most part. Until then, please go listen to our show on Thursday with Danny yeah. and Kevin, and we thank you so much for listening to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. 